However, the question remains to be solved that if these people are so virtuous as to believe in the unseen God, observe prayer, keep the fast, spend a portion of their wealth in the cause of God, and believe in the Holy Quran and the earlier scriptures too, then what does it mean when he says, Guidance for the righteous, in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 3 of the Holy Quran, meaning that this book will give guidance to them, for such people, by implementing all these commandments, are already rightly guided? To help attain what has already been attained appears to be a useless exercise. The answer to this is that such people, despite their faith and virtuous deeds, stand in need of perfect steadfastness and perfect progress, to which God alone can guide. Human effort has nothing to do with it. Steadfastness means that the heart is suffused with such faith as makes it impossible to stumble in the face of any trial, and virtuous deeds are performed in such a manner and in such a fashion that pleasure arises in them, and labor and hardship is not felt. It becomes impossible to survive without them, as if those deeds become the nourishment for their souls, the bread for it and sweet water for it, such that they could not stay alive without them. That is to say, such circumstances come into existence with regard to steadfastness that cannot be created by a person merely through his own effort. Rather, just as the soul is a gift of God, so is such extraordinary steadfastness created by God. Progress means that in addition to the maximum extent to which human effort regarding worship and faith can reach, other circumstances are created which can come into existence only by the hand of God. It is obvious that in the matter of belief in God Almighty, human effort and reason can help no further than to believe in the unseen God whose face has not been seen. This is why the Sharia, Islamic law, which does not require of a man beyond what lies in his power, does not compel man to believe through his own effort, beyond the belief in the unseen. Of course, in this very verse, in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 3, quote, guidance for the righteous, quote, end. The righteous are promised that after they become firmly grounded in the belief of the unseen and do on their own what they possibly can, then God shall move them forward from the condition of belief to that of enlightenment and shall cause their faith to acquire a new color. It is a sign of the truth of the Holy Quran that it does not want those who approach it to remain at the level of belief and practice which they attain through their own effort. Were it so, how would one know that God actually exists? Rather, he ordains a reward on human efforts from himself, a reward that contains divine splendor and divine power. For instance, as I stated, what more can a man do about his belief in God than to believe in the unseen God, whose existence is attested by each particle of this universe? But man does not have the power on his own. Through his own effort and his own exertion, to succeed in attaining knowledge of the radiant light of God, graduating from a state of belief to the state of enlightenment, and generating within himself the state of witnessing and beholding God. In the same way, regarding prayer, what can human effort and exertion possibly do except be clean and pure, as best as possible, and then stand in prayer after repelling the perils to concentration, and trying not to allow the prayer to stay in a derelict condition, and with genuine fervor, offering all its components, namely praise and glorification of God Almighty, repentance, seeking forgiveness, supplication, and invoking blessings upon the Holy Prophet? But it is simply not within human power that an extraordinary personal love, personal reverence, fervor, and eagerness imbued with a total effacement and a 
attentiveness that is free from any distraction should develop in his prescribed prayer as if he is beholding God. And it is evident that unless and until this state develops in the prescribed prayer, it is not free from deficiency. For this very reason, God Almighty said that the righteous are those who make their prescribed prayer upright, for only that is made upright which has a propensity to fall. Hence the verse of Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 4 of the Holy Quran, quote, observe prayer, quote, end, means that as far as they possibly can, they strive to make the prayer stand upright and employ extra effort and hard work. The fact, however, remains that human efforts are futile without the grace of God Almighty. This is why the benevolent and merciful God says, meaning that, as far as possible, they should strive to establish prayer with sincerity. After this, if they have belief in my word, I shall not relegate them merely to their own effort and labor. On the contrary, I shall myself assist them. Then their prayer shall assume a different complexion, and an exquisite state will develop in them, which they never thought or imagined. They would be blessed with this grace only because they believed in the word of God, the Holy Quran, and as far as it lay within their power, they remained engaged in acting in accordance with its injunctions. In short, the additional guidance that has been promised regarding prayer is that one should be able to attain a state of natural fervor, personal love, reverence, and full concentration to the extent that the human eye opens to behold his true beloved, and an extraordinary state to witness the beauty of God be provided, which is totally suffused with spiritual delights and makes the heart averse to mundane vices and the variety of sins of speech, conduct, sight, and sound. In this context, God says in Surah Hud, chapter 11, verse 115 of the Holy Quran, quote, Surely good works drive away evil works. Quote end. Similarly, the utmost that a person can do on his own effort in terms of financial sacrifice is to offer a portion of his favorite possessions for the sake of Allah. As God Almighty says in the same chapter of the Holy Quran, and they spend out of what we have provided for them. Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 4 of the Holy Quran. And as he says elsewhere, Never shall you attain to righteousness unless you spend out of that which you love. Surah Al-Imran, chapter 3, verse 93. It is obvious that it is no great accomplishment if man performs worship vis-à-vis -vis his wealth only to the extent of giving something from his cherished and favored possessions in the path of God. Rather, greatness lies in totally surrendering everything so that whatever he has no longer belongs to him but belongs to God so much so that he is prepared to lay down his life in the path of God, because that too is included in, quote, out of what we have provided for them, quote end. God Almighty does not mean just dirham and dinar by his word, quote, out of what we have provided, quote end. Rather, this term has a far wider connotation, which is inclusive of every bounty that has been bestowed upon man. In short, by using the words, in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 3, quote, guidance for the righteous, quote, and God Almighty implies that with every kind of bounty which has been bestowed upon man, for example, his life, health, knowledge, strength, wealth, etc., one can demonstrate one's sincerity through his own effort only to the extent of Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 4, quote, and spend out of what we have provided for them, quote, and Human faculties are incapable of going beyond that. In the context of the verse, God promises that even in such forms of worship, 
he shall help those who demonstrate their sincerity to the extent of mimma razaknahum yunfikun, to the attainment of perfection. And perfection means that the person shall be granted such strength of selflessness as to fully realize with firm conviction that whatever he has belongs to God. Footnote start. The reason is that, on account of innate human weakness, miserliness is also part of man's nature. For instance, even if one possesses a mountain of gold, he still retains a bit of miserliness in him, and does not wish to give up his entire possession. But in the context of the verse, Hudalil Muttaqeen, when a person is accompanied by a gift of strength, he obtains such resignation that all miserliness and all selfishness is eliminated. It is then that seeking the pleasure of God looks dearer to him than all of the riches, and he no longer wants to hoard ephemeral wealth here on earth. Rather, he stores his treasure in the heavens. Footnote end. He will not let anyone feel that the object with which he served mankind belonged to him. For instance, he does not oblige anyone when he gives his personal belonging to someone. That will be an imperfect state, because he would feel this way only if he considered it to be his own. Thus, in keeping with the words, God Almighty will grant progress to the believer of the Holy Quran from this state until he considers every possession of his to belong to God, to such an extent that even the affliction of making others feel grateful to him will depart from his heart, and a kind of motherly compassion for mankind or something greater still will arise within his heart. Nothing remains his. Everything becomes God's. This will help him when he sincerely believes in the Holy Quran and the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, but not without it. Therefore, how misguided are those who consider barren Tawheed alone, without the submission to the Holy Quran and the Noble Prophet to be the means of salvation. In fact, experience testifies that such people neither have true belief in God Almighty, nor can they be cleansed of worldly temptations and desires let alone progress to any kind of perfection. It is also an utterly false and unsubstantiated fancy that a person can achieve the blessing of Tawheed on his own. The fact is that Tawheed is realized through the word of God. Whatever else one person believes is not free from idolatry. Similarly, human effort regarding belief in scriptures revealed by God is limited to the extent that one should, with sincerity, believe in his book and follow it with patience. Man has no power beyond this, but God has promised in the verse of Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 3, quote, guidance for the righteous, quote, end, that whosoever believes in his book and messenger, such a one shall be entitled to further guidance. God shall enhance his vision and bless him with his converse and discourse, and shall demonstrate great signs to him until he will behold his countenance in this very world and realize that his God does indeed exist and will attain full satisfaction. Footnote start. In fact, perfect submission is indeed that one should acquire the very same color, i.e. condition, and that very same light should descend upon the heart. As I said, I entered into the fire until I became fire myself. Footnote and God's word says, If you have perfect belief in me, I shall descend upon you too. It is on account of this that Hazrat Imam Jafar Sadiq, may Allah be pleased with him, says, I read the word of God, the Holy Quran, with such sincerity, love, and eagerness that it flowed from my tongue in the form of revelation too. But alas, people do not comprehend what converse with God is, and in what circumstances it can be said that God Almighty speaks to a particular person. On the contrary, 
most ignorant people begin to take satanic suggestion as the word of God and are unable to distinguish satanic revelations from the revelation of the gracious God. Therefore, it should be noted that the first prerequisite for revelation from the gracious God is that its recipient should become holy gods, and there should remain no part of Satan in him. For dogs will invariably gather where there is carrion. That is why God Almighty says, Shall I inform you on whom the evil ones descend? They descend on every great liar and sinner. Surah Shura, chapter 26, verse 222-223 of the Holy Quran. But Satan cannot attack the one in whom he no longer has any part and who has departed from the low life as if he had died and has become a righteous and faithful servant of God and has come to him as God Almighty says, Surely you shall have no power over my servants. Surah Al-Hijr, chapter 15, verse 43 of the Holy Quran. Satan indeed runs towards those who belong to Satan and possess satanic habits, for they are his prey. Moreover, it should be remembered that God's word inherently possesses special blessing, majesty, and delight. And as God is all-hearing and all-knowing and merciful, he replies to the queries of his sincere, righteous, and faithful servants. Such supplication and response can extend over several hours, when a servant asks a question in a dignified and humble manner, he is overcome by a kind of faintness within a few minutes, and he receives the response in the veil of this faintness. Then, if he submits another question, he again experiences faintness within a short time, and he finds his response in its veil in the same fashion. God is so benevolent, merciful, and forbearing that if a servant asks questions a thousand times, he receives the answers. But as God Almighty does not stand in need of anything and has regard for wisdom and appropriateness, disclosure of the outcome to some questions is not granted in reply. Should it be asked how one should know that those answers are from God Almighty and not from Satan, this I have just answered. Besides, Satan is dumb and his speech is not eloquent and articulate. Like the dumb, he lacks the capability of eloquent and prolific speech. He only injects a sentence or two into the heart in a foul-smelling way. Since eternity, he has not been given the ability to express himself in palatable and majestic words, nor can he maintain a conversation in answering questions over a few hours. He is also deaf and cannot answer every question. He is also feeble and cannot exhibit any power or ability to reveal any hidden matter of high import in his revelations. Footnote start. The answer to the question whether a satanic dream or revelation can contain any news of the unseen or not is that a satanic dream or revelation, as is clear from the Holy Quran, may occasionally contain news about the unseen, but it is accompanied by three features. First, such knowledge of the unseen is never authoritative, like revelation from God that he shall destroy a specified person who does not desist from mischief, that he shall bestow such and such honor on a specific person who shows sincerity, that he shall demonstrate such and such signs in support of his prophet, and no one shall be able to compete with him, that he shall visit the disbelievers with chastisement of a distinct type, and that he shall grant the believers success and triumphs of the specified type. These are unseen of the authoritative kind that possess the might of divine sovereignty. Satan is incapable of making such prophecies. Second, the satanic dream or revelation is paltry. It does not convey accounts of the unseen in abundance, in a competition, 
Such a person flees before the recipient of divine revelation, for in comparison to the latter, his knowledge of the unseen is as meager as a drop before the ocean. Third, it, i.e., satanic inspiration, is mostly dominated by falsehood, whereas a dream or a revelation which emanates from the gracious God is dominated by truth, that is, if viewed as a whole. The majority of his revelations are true, whereas the reverse is the case of satanic ones. I have not used the word all with regard to dreams and revelations from the gracious God because among them too, some revelations or dreams are allegorical in nature or an error can be made in interpretation. The ignorant ones come to consider such prophecies to be false. In fact, the existence of such prophecies is only by way of trial. Moreover, some prophecies of God are by way of warning, in which case non-fulfillment is permissible. Also, keep in mind that satanic revelation maintains an affinity with the sinful and impure person. On the contrary, abundance of the revelations from the gracious God are vouchsafed only to those who are pure of heart and have become lost in the love of God. Footnote end. Also, his voice is hoarse and he cannot speak in a commanding and majestic voice. His voice is inferior like that of eunuchs. You will recognize satanic revelation by these very features, but God does not resemble a dumb, deaf, or feeble person. He hears and continuously responds. His speech has majesty, awe, and lofty expression. His speech is moving and pleasant. Satan's speech is faint, effeminate, and dubious. There is no grandeur, majesty, or loftiness in it, nor can it continue in duration, as if to get tired very soon, and that too is evidence of weakness and timidity. In contrast, God's speech does not suffer fatigue and possesses every kind of power and comprises of hidden matters and majestic promises of some very great import and has the scent of divine glory, greatness, power, and holiness. Satan's speech does not possess this quality. In addition, divine speech possesses mighty effectiveness. It penetrates the heart like an iron peg. It has a holy effect upon the heart and draws the heart to itself and transforms its recipients into a valiant man, so much so that even if he were to be cut into pieces with a sharp sword, or hoisted upon the gallows, or subjected to every kind of torment that is possible in this world, and sullied and insulted in every way, or put into a blazing fire, or incinerated, he would never deny that what descends upon him is the word of God, because God bestows upon him absolute certainty and makes him the lover of his own countenance. To him, life, honor, and property are no more than a straw. He does not let go of the raiment of God, even if the whole world tramples him under its feet. And he is incomparable in trust in God, courage, and steadfastness. Those who receive satanic revelation do not attain this strength. They are cowards because Satan is a coward. In the end, I wish to point out that the reason for Abdul Hakim Khan's misguidance that has caused him to think that there is no need to follow the holy prophet May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him is a misunderstanding of a Quranic verse. This misunderstanding occurred in him because of insufficient knowledge and reflection. The said verse is as follows of Surah Al Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 63 of the Holy Quran. Translation Meaning that those who have embraced Islam or are Jews or Christians or who submit to the stars, whoever from among them will believe in Allah and the last day, and will perform good deeds, God will not allow him to go to waste. The reward of such persons is with their Lord, and no fear shall come upon them, nor shall they grieve. Footnote start. If this verse was taken to mean that mere tawhid is enough, 
Then the following words will prove that all sins, shirk, associating partners with God, etc., shall be forgiven without repentance, which is manifestly not the case. The verse reads thus, Say, O my servants who have committed excesses against their own souls, despair not of the mercy of Allah. Surely Allah forgives all sins. Now, Surah Zumar, chapter 39, verse 54 of the Holy Quran. This is the verse from which, on account of ignorance and perverse thinking, it has been concluded that there is no need to believe in the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. It is a great pity that these people follow the dictates of their evil self and oppose to the decisive and manifest verses of the Holy Quran, and in order to get away from Islam seek refuge in verses that are susceptible to different interpretations. They should remember that they cannot benefit from this verse at all, for belief in Allah and belief in the last day necessitates belief in the Holy Quran and the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The reason is as follows. In the Holy Quran, defining the term Allah, God Almighty says that Allah is the being who is Rabbul Alameen, Lord of all the worlds, Rahman, gracious, and Rahim, merciful. He created the earth and heavens in six days. He created Adam, sent messengers and scriptures. And last of all, he raised the Hazrat Muhammad, the chosen prophet of God. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Khatumun Anbiya the seal of the prophets, and Khairul Rasul, the best of the messengers. The last day, according to the Holy Quran, is when the dead would be raised. Then one group would be admitted to heaven, which is the abode of physical and spiritual blessing, and one group would be cast into hell, which is the abode of spiritual and physical torment. God Almighty says in the Holy Quran that only those who believe in this book believe in this last day. Thus, since God Almighty himself has clearly defined the word Allah in the last day, in a way which is exclusive to Islam, therefore, whosoever believes in Allah in the last day will have to believe in the Holy Quran, and the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And no one has the authority to change these meanings, nor do we have the right to invent any meaning of our own which contradicts and opposes the meanings described by the Holy Quran itself. I have closely studied the Holy Quran from beginning to end and have studied it carefully and studied it over and over and have keenly deliberated over its meanings. I have realized with utmost clarity that the name Allah has been given to the being who possesses all divine attributes and can enact all those divine acts mentioned in the Holy Quran. For instance, it has been stated that all praise belongs to Allah, Lord of all the worlds, the gracious, the merciful. Surah Al-Fatiha, chapter 1, verse 2 to 3 of the Holy Quran. There are many other similar verses to the effect that Allah is the one who revealed the Holy Quran. Allah is the one who sent Muhammad, the messenger of Allah. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Since it is included in the concept of Allah, according to Quranic terminology, that Allah is the one who has sent Hazrat Muhammad. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Therefore, it is necessary that whosoever chooses to believe in Allah must also have belief in the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Only then shall the belief of the person be considered authentic and genuine. In this verse, God Almighty did not say, Whosoever believes in the gracious God, or Whosoever believes in the merciful God, or Whosoever believes in the benevolent God. Instead, he said, 
whosoever believes in Allah. Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 70 of the Holy Quran. And Allah means the being who comprehends all perfect attributes, and one sublime attribute of his is that he revealed the Holy Quran. In this context, only that person can be said to have belief in Allah, who also believes in the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, as well as the Holy Quran. If someone were to ask, what then is the meaning of they who believe? Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 83 of the Holy Quran. Then be it known that it only means that the faith of those who only believe in Allah lacks credibility unless they believe in the Messenger of Allah or until they perfect that faith. It must be remembered that there is no contradiction in the Holy Quran. Therefore, how can it be possible that on the one hand, God Almighty says in hundreds of verses that Tawheed alone is insufficient and that belief in his Prophet is also necessary for salvation, except when a person remains uninformed about this Prophet, while on the other, he says the opposite in some verses that salvation is possible simply through Tawheed, and there is no need to believe in the Holy Quran and the Holy Prophet, the peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him. The interesting part of it is that this verse makes no mention of Tawheed at all. If Tawheed were meant, it should have read, Whosoever believes in Tawheed. Instead, the wording of the verse is, Whosoever believes in Allah. Hence, the statement, Whosoever believes in Allah, makes it obligatory upon us to ponder over the sense in which the term Allah has been used in the Holy Quran. Honesty on our part should demand that when the Holy Quran itself informs us that implicit in the word Allah is that Allah is the one who sent the Holy Quran and sent the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Then we should accept the Quranic interpretation of the word and should not follow our whims. Furthermore, I have stated earlier, in order to attain salvation, it is essential that one should cultivate perfect conviction in the existence of God Almighty and not only cultivate conviction, but also resolve to obey Him and recognize the paths that lead to His pleasure. Ever since the beginning of this world, both these objectives have been attained only through the prophets of God. Therefore, how absurd is the notion that even such a one will attain salvation who, believing in Tawheed, does not believe in the Messenger of God? O oh, ye ignorant one, bereft of understanding, how is it possible to achieve Tawheed except through the Messenger? It is like a person who detests daylight and flees from it, yet proclaims, for me, the sun alone is enough. What is the need for day? The foolish one does not even know that the sun is inseparable from the day. Alas, these ignorant people fail to understand that the being of God Almighty is hidden beyond hidden, unseen beyond unseen, and transcendent beyond transcendent. No intelligence can discover him as he himself says in Surah Al-Anam, chapter 6, verse 104 of the Holy Quran. That is, no eyesight and no insight can find him. He knows the ultimate extent of their reach and is dominant over them. Hence, the understanding of his Tawheed is impossible through a reason alone. For the essence of Tawheed is that, just as one shuns the fall extrinsic deities, i.e. gives up worshipping idols, humans, the sun, the moon, etc., so should one avoid the false intrinsic deities i.e. he should safeguard himself from relying on his physical and spiritual abilities and being captivated by the curse of conceit that arises from them. 
It is thus clear that perfect Tawheed is not attainable except through self-abnegation and obedient submission to the Messenger, How can a person be called Muwahid, a believer in the one God, if he considers any of his own faculties to be at par with God the Maker? This is why the Holy Quran, at several places, ties perfect Tawheed to following in the footsteps of the Messenger, because perfect Tawheed means a new life. It is not possible to attain salvation unless and until one brings death upon one's baser life by becoming the follower of the Messenger of God. What is more, on account of what these ignorant people say, the Holy Quran is exposed to the charge of self-contradiction, for on the one hand, it repeatedly says that except through the medium of the Messenger, it is not possible to attain Tawheed nor can salvation be attained, while on the other hand, it appears to proclaim it to be attainable, whereas the fact is that the messenger alone is the son of Tawheed and salvation, as well as its exponent. It is his light that reveals Tawheed, hence such a contradiction cannot possibly be ascribed to the word of God. The egregious error of this ignorant man is that he has not understood the essence of Tawheed at all. Tawheed is a light which arises within the heart after negating outer and inner false deities, and it permeates every particle of the person. How can it be acquired by anyone on his own without the medium of God and his messenger? Man's obligation is only that he should impose a death upon his ego and should discard the satanic vanity that he is well versed in knowledge. He should deem himself ignorant and should remain occupied in supplication. Then the light of Tawheed would descend upon him from God, bestowing a new life upon him. In the end, I deem it necessary to point out that even if, for the sake of argument, I accept that the term Allah carries a general import which translates as God, and ignore the connotation which we learn by reflecting on the Holy Quran, that included in the meaning of Allah is that he is the one who sent the Holy Quran and appointed the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Even then, this verse cannot benefit the opponent, for it does not imply that belief in the Almighty alone is sufficient for salvation. Rather, its real connotation is that whosoever believes in Allah, which is the supreme name of God Almighty and is the compendium of all the perfect attributes of the Holy One, God will not allow him to go to waste, but will inexorably draw him towards Islam, for one truth is helpful in recognizing the other. And those who have genuine belief in Allah the Exalted ultimately discover the truth. It is promised in the Holy Quran that anyone who sincerely believes in God Almighty, God shall not allow him to go to waste, and he shall reveal the truth to him and show him the right path. And Allah the Exalted says, And as for those who strive in our path, we will surely guide them in our ways. Surah Al-Ankabut, chapter 29, verse 70 of the Holy Quran. Thus, this verse would mean that the believer of God Almighty is not wasted. In the end, Allah the Exalted grants him perfect guidance. The saints have cited hundreds of examples to the effect that when some people belonging to other faiths chose to believe in God Almighty with great sincerity and busied themselves in doing good works, the reward God Almighty gave them for their sincerity was that he opened their eyes and purely through his guidance revealed to them the truth of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. This indeed is the meaning of the latter part of this verse. They shall have their reward with their Lord.
Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 63 of the Holy Quran. So long as the reward of God Almighty is not manifested in this world, it is not manifested in the hereafter either. The reward of belief in God Almighty in this world is that God blesses such a person with complete guidance and does not let him go to waste. The same is also indicated in the following verse of Surah Nisa, chapter 4, verse 160 of the Holy Quran, meaning that those who are truly the people of the book and sincerely believe in God and his scriptures and act upon them will ultimately end up believing in this prophet. This is exactly what happened. Of course, evil people who should not be called the people of the book do not believe. A number of such instances are also found in Islamic history which show how benevolent and merciful God Almighty is. For if a person does even the tittle of good, he causes him by way of reward to enter Islam as is also stated in the Hadith that a companion inquired of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. When I was a disbeliever, I gave away largesse to the needy with the sole intention of pleasing God. Will I get the reward for that too? He replied, those alms are what drew you towards Islam. In the same way, therefore, if anyone belonging to any other religion believes God Almighty to be one without any partner, and loves him, God Almighty causes him ultimately to enter Islam in connaissance with the verse. They shall have their reward with their Lord. Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 63 of the Holy Quran. This is what happened in the case of Bawa Nanak when he, discarding idol worship in all sincerity, adopted Tawheed and fell in love with God. The same God who declares in the above-mentioned noble verse they shall have their reward with the Lord, appeared to him, and with his revealed word guided him to Islam. Thereupon he became a Muslim and performed the pilgrimage too. Similarly, it is stated in the book Bahru Jawahir, the Ocean of Gems, that there was a Jew named Abu Khair. He was a pious natured and truthful man, and believed God Almighty to be one without partner. Once when he was passing through the bazaar, he heard a boy in a mosque reciting the following words of the Holy Quran of Surah Lankabut, chapter 29, verse 2 to 3, meaning that the people imagine that they will attain salvation merely by pronouncing the statement that they believe while they have not been tested in treading the path of God, as to whether or not they possess steadfastness, truthfulness, and loyalty like those of the believers. The verse had a profound impact on Abu Khair's heart and moved his heart. He stood by the wall of the mosque and cried profusely. At night, our Lord and Master, Muhammad Mustafa, the Chosen One, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, appeared in his dream, and addressing him, he said, O oh, Abu Khair, it has surprised me that a person like you should deny my prophethood, despite your excellence in virtue and nobility. Therefore, the very next morning, Abu Khair became a Muslim and made a proclamation of his Islam. In short, it is beyond my comprehension that a person believing in God and considering him to be one and without partner should be delivered by God from hell, but not from spiritual blindness, whereas salvation is rooted in spiritual insight. As Allah says in Surah Bani Israel, chapter 17, verse 73, meaning that whosoever is spiritually blind in this world shall be blind or even worse in the hereafter.
It is absolutely true that he who does not recognize God's messengers does not recognize God either. The mirror of God's countenance are his messengers. Everyone who sees God sees him through this mirror. Then what kind of salvation is this? A person who rejects and denies the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Throughout his entire life, rejects the Holy Quran, God Almighty does not bestow eyes upon him nor a heart, remains blind and dies blind, yet attains salvation? Strange indeed is this salvation. It is my observation that when God Almighty desires to bestow mercy upon someone, he first bestows sight upon him and bestows knowledge upon him from himself. There must be hundreds of people in my movement who have joined it in consequence only of a dream or revelation. The being of God Almighty is all-encompassing mercy. If one advances towards him one step, he comes two steps. If a person hastens towards him, he comes running towards him and opens the eyes of the blind. But how can it be accepted that a person believes in him and accepts him with a true heart to be one without partner and loves him and joins the company of his friends and yet God keeps him blind and he remains so blind that he cannot recognize God's prophet? This point is supported by the Hadith, meaning that he who dies without recognizing the Imam of his age dies the death of ignorance and is deprived of the straight path.